2 Corinthians chapter 4. Last week we looked at a message called One Light. Beginning in verse number 6, the Apostle Paul said, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency may be of God, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now this morning, I really want to look at verses 8 through 10 here. It says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Now, last week, we left off with that fish. And we left off with, with some pressures. And we looked at, at, at living life under pressure. And last week, a lot of people came to this altar. About one of the biggest altar calls I remember in a long time prior to gathering around in prayer. For people that came, for one simple reason, we're dealing with pressure. And it was all about bringing pressures to the altar. Well, this morning, I, I want to pick up where we left off last week. And I want to look at a message right where we left off called living under pressure. But I don't want to look at just living under pressure because God equipped me to do more than just live under pressure. I want to look at the subject of thriving under pressure while we look at living under pressure. God, thank you so much. For being so good. Thank you that you prepared us before time. You've given us this word, this book. You've given us wisdom and knowledge. You've told us if any man lacked wisdom, we could ask for it. God, we come to you seeking wisdom. We come to you seeking peace. We come to you seeking all things that you would desire for us to have, God. We don't want to seek anything that is against your will. But, Father, would you, would you fill us up and make us everything that you want us to be? God, I pray you continue to move in this place this morning. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your sweet, holy presence in this place. God, I pray you continue to move among us, your people, as we continue to lift up your name and we continue to praise you for you alone are worthy, God. I pray you'd help us that everything we do in this place at this time be pleasing to you. We love you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Troubled on every side. Pressure. Pressure. But not distress. You know, in, in life, we're always facing troubles. But at no point are we ever helpless. As children of God, we're always facing some type of trouble, some type of situation. But at no point in our life is it ever hopeless. There's never a time that there's no way out. There are times that there seems to be no way out. Anybody say amen. But there is never a time that there's no way out. There is never a time that we cannot be comforted in the midst of pressure. Persecuted but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. So the reason is because of what Paul says there in verse number seven. We have treasure in earthen vessels. Now, an, an earthen vessel is just, well, the uh, uh, earthen is just clay. It, it means that it is clay and that it is fragile. So, so this earthen is a fragile clay vessel. Well, a vessel is nothing but something to carry stuff in. This is a vessel. This is a vessel. It's got water in it right now, but it's a vessel. Carry whatever. I can put marbles in it. I can put dirt in it. Whatever will fit in it, I can. It's a vessel. Well, that's what this right here is. 
This is just a vessel. This isn't who I am. This isn't who you are. Who you are is what's inside here. So, so this, Paul says that this is just an earthen vessel that just, just carries stuff around. What Paul says is that as children of God, that, that we're all ministers of the gospel, but what we have inside of us is not just us, but it is of the power of God. So last week we left off looking at that little fish, that little Mariana snailfish that lives at the bottom of the Mariana Trench and 15,750 pounds of pressure per square inch applied to that fish. And we looked at that machine to crush a car that only takes 2,000 pounds per square inch to, to crush that car. And we left off looking at, at the pressures that we face and how that fish lives under such extreme pressures and how God didn't just put the fish in the ocean and he happened to swim his way down to the bottom and managed to survive under pressure. God didn't just put him there and place him under such pressure and not prepare him for it. God put that fish in a place under extreme pressure, but before he ever put him there, he prepared the fish for the pressures that he was going to face. Then, then we looked at the fact that God prepared you and I to live under the pressures of this world. Now, here's the greatest difference between you and I and that fish. The pressure around that fish almost never changes. He is constantly living under 15,750 pounds of pressure. As he goes up or down in elevation, it may change a little bit, but not a lot. But God created you and I to live under variable pressures. There are some days when the sun is shining. Thank you, sweet, precious Lord Jesus, for a Sunday when the sun is shining. Some, some days it's a beautiful day. Weather's good, not too hot, not too cold. Bills are paid, at least for the next week anyway. <coughs> a little bit of food in the pantry. I mean, some days we just really don't feel much pressure at all. But then there's those other days. Some days we feel like we've been placed inside of one of those car crushing machines and there's 2,000 pounds per square inch being pressed from every side. Other days we would welcome that machine. Because it feels like we're at the bottom of the ocean. And there's 15,750 pounds per square inch being applied to our lives. But then other days we'd be glad if it was just the ocean. Because some days we feel like it's the weight of the world that's pressing down on our shoulders. Devastating pressures. Crippling pressures. Well, the fact is God has prepared you and I to face every pressure that life sends our way. You know, if... if Someone were to take us and place us inside of that compactor that we looked at last week that took that car and made it a little cube about the size of these two speakers right here. If someone were to take us and put us inside of that machine and turn it on, what would it do? It crushes like a bug, right? But if somebody took us and put us in there and they put a piece of metal beside us that could withstand 4,000 pounds of pressure per inch, now what happens? Nothing. The pressure's still applied. The pressure closed in on you, but it got to something around you that was stronger than you. And it's squeezing its guts out trying to mash you, but it cannot harm you because there's something around you that is stronger than you. Those people took that picture of that fish, those oceanographers, men and women, they went to the bottom. I don't know if any of you went and watched that video, but the thing's got the lights on and they're in smut black. There's no light. There's no life. There's no, there's no coral reef. There's nothing but dirt. That thing lands and, and dirt just flies up around it. And on the thing, they said, we have reached the bottom of the ocean. 
The reason they're able to live under 15,750 pounds of pressure is because they designed a machine that can stand more than that. They are inside of something that is greater than the pressure that's being applied. You and I, as children of God, we are inside of something that is greater than whatever pressure the world brings on us. God, thank you. Thank you for being so good. Paul says that inside this vessel, we have the excellency of the power of God. Inside the vessel, that thing that you see in the mirror, inside that vessel as children of God, we have the excellency of of the power of God. When you and I are in Christ, there is no pressure that can do us harm because the power of God is from within and is greater than any pressure that is applied from the outside. If God is allowing pressure, then God is looking to do something in our lives. If God is allowing pressure in a way that we feel it and sense it, let me ask you this. Has there ever been a time in your life when you read more, studied more, prayed more, and grew closer to God than the time when you felt the most pressure? Hello, somebody work with me. Don't give up on me. Listen, when, when life begins to get so hard and whether it's sickness or disease or family sickness or turmoil or trouble or marriage or finances, it doesn't matter what it is. Finances may be top of the hill. You may you let the pocketbook get in. We get serious about praying. You let the pressures become applied and we begin to grow closer to God. We begin to grow. See, before time ever began, God prepared man for the pressures of this world. But at no point did God ever intend for man to face them alone. The Apostle Paul is a man who understands pressure. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He said that he received stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In death oft pressure. He said of the Jews five times received our 40 stripes. Save one pressure. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Pressure. Once I was stoned. They stoned him and left him for dead. Cast him out of the city thinking he was dead. That's pressure. Twice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. Pressure. In journeyings often in perils of water, in perils of robber, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren. Paul says there's no place on this earth that I have not been under pressure, whether it be on land or on sea, whether it be in the city or out in the wilderness, whether it be among friends or, or among strangers. He says in weariness and painfulness, watchings often, hunger and thirst, fastings often, cold and nakedness Paul faced all kind of pressures what made Paul special is his ability to trust in Jesus Christ and perform under the pressure because of the power of God that he had on the inside how many of you remember the ABC's wide world of sports we got about a about, give me about the first 23, 4, 5 seconds of the ABC's Wide World of Sports. Y'all remember this intro? Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport. The thrill of victory. And the agony of defeat. Ow. The human drama of athletic competition. Spanning the globe 
to bring you a constant variety of sports. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Man, you know that hurt. That dude started down that hill wanting to win a gold medal. He never realized his worst mistake was fixing to become a lifelong thing. And the years later, he put it out. The agony of defeat. You know, you see it in every sport. What you have there, it shows us that even the most talented, the most well-trained athletes in the world can and do fail under pressure. I'm certainly not knocking Simone Biles. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for her. She choked in the last Olympics. Now, you, you can say what you want. She is among one of the greatest gymnasts to have ever lived. I, I believe that with all my heart. She's extremely good. And, you know, she went in expected. She was expected to win the all-around, to win at least two individual competitions. And she was expected to lead the U.S. team to a gold medal. But I believe she choked. She had that thing they called it the twisties. If you remember, she said that you, you, you lose position of your body. You don't know which way's up, which way's down. Well, if y'all watch gymnastics, when they're doing all that junk in the air, I figured on which way's down is probably pretty important. <laughs> so it's losing sense of direction. So you can't do all the things that she needed to do for gymnastics. And she had to withdraw from the competition. Now, I'm, I'm just a man of opinions. And most of them, like everybody else, they just think. But that didn't happen at home in practice. That, that didn't happen in some little local competition somewhere. That happened, in my opinion, because of the pressure and the expectations of the Olympics. Du Lee was a Chinese air riflist. She won the 2004 gold medal in the 10-meter air rifle competition. One of the greatest air marksmen, air rifles, if y'all familiar with what they are, it's air rifles, it's just it's a competition. But she, she was believed to be one of the greatest marksmen that, that ever lived. Now, in, in the next Olympics in 2008, she was highly favored and fully expected to win the 10-meter air rifle competition. And this time, it was on her home turf. This time the Olympics was in China, and this time she choked under the pressure. Now, she did get a medal in the five meter, but she choked. But this is what she said after the competition. This is her statement. I wasn't fully prepared for the pressure of competing at home in front of 1.3 billion people expecting me to win. Those are world-class athletes who failed under pressure. Peter is a man who failed under pressure. Lord, he may leave you. He may leave you. She may leave you. He may leave you. They may leave you, but I won't. Not me. I'm the man. I will never leave your side. Who, me? I don't know him. See, he failed under pressure when they arrested Jesus. And now it comes up and Jesus is about to be crucified. He's being beaten. Now all of a sudden Peter says, I don't know him. And when they keep accusing him to prove his point, he begins cursing to try to convince him. What did he do? He failed under pressure. See, a true champion is one who can perform at their peak in spite of the incredible pressures that are placed on them by competition. The ability to, to handle pressure is what sets apart the extraordinary from the ordinary. That doesn't mean that we never fail under pressure. It means that we have to learn from it and move on. Failure is always an option. Y'all hear me? Failure is always 
an option. But failure is never fatal unless it's final. Unless you quit. Unless you give up and, and don't come back and, and try anymore. Do Lee, she went on to compete again in the 2012 and 2016 Olympics, winning medals and setting Olympic records in both. 2023, last year, Simone Biles won the U.S. Classic. She's set right now to go to Paris in July 24 and compete for a medal in the 24 Olympics. Peter, Peter went on to preach at Pentecost. In spite of his great failure under pressure, in spite of saying, I never knew who Jesus was, Jesus chose him out of everybody to preach on the day that the Holy Spirit came. And 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. Paul said, I've seen all kinds of pressures. But what I see from Paul's life is that he put his trust so firmly in Christ that nothing could deter him. Here's the thing about pressures. You may want to write this in your bulletin if you like keeping up with those. Pressure will reveal the depth of our character. Pressure will define what we're made out of. We talked about the pressures at the bottom of the ocean, but can I tell you, any vessel of water has pressure. Anytime you put water in, anytime you put it around, anytime water is present, there, there's always pressure. So, so I have this, this one little vessel of water. So I have a question. This is just a regular rock. I picked it up out of my shop driveway Friday to carry it to my house so I would have it this morning for an illustration. It's not special. It's nothing tricky. It's a piece of gravel. Matter of fact, I want it back. You know what a load of gravel costs these days? <laughs> I'm going to pour the water out and get it back and carry it back and put it in my driveway. It's, it's just a rock. And, and that's just a vessel full of water. Now, somebody tell me, what will happen if I put that rock in, in that vessel? Sink. So it did. Like a rock. Sunk like a rock. So what is that? Who said bobber? Where are you from? I, I, I get that. I've heard bobber. Sit around here. We're just so, we're just so, so red in it. We call it cork because they used to be made out of cork before they got made out of plastic. Bobber. You're right. That's a bobber. Well, it's redneck. It's just a cork. So, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just curious, if, if I take this and, and put it in the same vase of water, what's it going to do? I didn't test it. I really hope this thing don't have a hole in it. <laughs> that would have been good to try, wouldn't it? Whew, thank you. Maybe I ought to take it back out in case it does have a hole in it before it sinks. So, here's the deal. It's the same vase of water. When I put the stone in, it's the force of gravity and the pressure of the water that made it sink to the bottom. And it's the same gravity, it's the same vase, it's the same water, it's the same pressure that caused one to sink and caused one to rise to the top. You know what the difference is? What they're made out of. The pressure is the same. Nothing changed. It's all equal. The only thing different is what's on the inside. The pressure doesn't make a man. It exposes what he's made of on the inside. All throughout the word of God. We see men that we define as champions. Because they're so full of God. That they performed under pressure. Gideon felt pressure. Rightfully so. 
In Judges chapter 6, verse 33 says that all the Midianites and the Melchites and all the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. The opposing army that's coming up against Gideon is 135,000 men. Gideon's got 32,000. He's outnumbered by more than 4.2 to 1. I can understand feeling pressure. So what did he do? He sought God. God, I'm not sure if you want me to tuck tail and run or if you want me to go against this heavily outnumbered. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to put a piece of fleece. Any, any of y'all ever want to put God to the test? Y'all, am I the only one? I mean, I, I need to hear some stuff from God. You want me to do what? Here's what I'm going to do, God. I just, I just want to ask a favor. This is what you want me to take. 32,000 men and go up against 135,000 men. I'm going to put this piece of fleece out here on the ground tonight. And, and what I want you to do in the morning when I get up is I want that piece of fleece to be dripping wet. And I want all the ground to be dry. And if you'll just do what I'm asking, then I'll know that, it's up, that you want me to go over there and that I'll be victorious. So he gets up the next morning and he goes out there. And the fleece is soaking wet. And the ground is dry. He saw exactly what he asked God for. But it just proves that a Donald Yancey mentality came along before I did. Because he said, hold on a minute, God. Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. I, I know what I said. But for all I know, that piece of fleece might have soaked some moisture up out of the ground. We need to back up and punt. Let's do this again. I'm going to put the fleece back out there. And if that's what you want me to do, then the morning when I get up, I want that fleece to be parched dry like it just come out of a dryer. And I want all the ground to be wet. And in Judges chapter 6, verse 40, God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. So we go to chapter 7. Gideon rose up with his men. He's standing across from the Midianites, all 135,000 of them. And there he stands. He's got his army gathered up, and he's got his, his 32,000 men. And in verse number 2, the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many. Wait, what? Soldiers, hush, be quiet, quiet. God's talking. Y'all made me clearly misunderstand what he tried to tell me. God, you said, what, they got too many? God said, no, I said, you got too many. God, I know you're a genius and all. I know you create stuff, but you know much about math. We are number one, four to one. You, you said what? He said, I'm telling you, you got too many. Here's what I want you to do. I want, I want you to go down to the water. To get in there, there are too many. And he said, you, he said first, he said, first you, I want you to go tell them. You go tell anybody that's afraid. You go to your people. You tell anybody that's afraid. You can go home. You see the number, you see what I see. If you got fear in your heart, it's okay to go home. No shame. 22,000 went home. You got 10,000 left. They've got 135,000 men. Now your odds are 13.5 to 1. And God said, no, nah, no, nah, still got too many. Say so what? Yep. You still got too many. The people who yet too many in verse number four, bring them down to the water, and I'll try them there for thee. And only 300 men passed the test. The odds are now 450 to one. And God said, Now you're ready. 
Now I can show you something great, Judges 7, 7. The Lord said unto Gideon, by the 300 men that lap will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. Gideon felt pressure in chapter 6. And when he felt pressure and he needed a decision and he needed an answer and he needed to know it was right, he sought God two nights in a row. In chapter 7, to me, I see a man still under great pressure, but I see no evidence of the pressure. I see a man that's so full of God that the pressure, the pressures from the inside are greater than the pressures from the outside, and he moves forward mightily in the hand of God. Look back in our text, verse number 8. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. The pressure is like that of a wine press. It's squeezing on every side. And it, what it's doing, though, is not squeezing the life out of you. It's squeezing the good out of us. The, the wine press squeezes the grape and it drains out the juice. It drains out that which is valuable to make something which is invaluable. When the pressure is applied, we begin to find out what's on the inside. We, we begin to find out. What, what comes out, we begin to find out, are we made out of a stone or are we made out of a court? We, we start to see what is in there. So the question, the question that I want to answer this morning is how? You talked about pressures last week. You talked about pressure. You talked about being under pressure. How? How can I rise above the pressures of this life? How, how can we rise above the circumstances and the situations that we face and not just live but thrive under pressure? The answer, we must be prepared before the pressure ever comes. You know, many times I've made the statement, if we expect opposition, then we won't be surprised when it comes. How do we prepare before the problem ever gets there? Well, the psalmist in chapter 119, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. See, what the psalmist says is, I expect the temptations. I expect the trials of life. I expect pressures to come from all directions in this life. Therefore, I will read the word of God ahead of time, and I'm going to hide it in my heart so that when the pressure begins to squeeze me, it is the word of God that comes forth in my defense. Therefore, the pressure that is applied, what, what comes from within me is greater than what comes from the outside in. A life that is built around the truth of the Word of God is a life that is built to withstand pressure. A life that is undergirded by truth is a life that can withstand any amount of pressure because of the Word of God that is hidden within the heart. When the pressures of life that threaten to crush us are met with the pressure that is greater than them, then we can rise to the top because of the power of God in us. Pressure is a true test of where we are in our spiritual lives. When real pressure is applied, one of two things is going to happen. We are either going to die to our faith or we're going to be willing to die for our faith. Those who excelled under pressure are those who have already made up their mind before the trial ever started. 
They already read the word. They've already put the word in the heart. And they've already made up their mind before the trial, before the pressure ever comes, which way they're going to go. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Job had already made up his mind. Before his world ever fell apart, Job had already made up his mind. And when everything came crashing down and he felt pressure from every side and as one spoke, another came and as one spoke, another came and as one spoke, another came and he was perplexed on every side. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. In one day, he lost 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and all 10 of his children. When he got up that morning, according to the word of God, he was the greatest man of the East, wealthiest man in all of the East. And when he went to bed that night, all he had left was his wife. And then the devil comes around again. And God says a second time, has thou considered my servant Job, upright man, just in all of his ways? Paraphrasing, God told the devil, all that I have allowed you to do to him, still he holdeth fast his integrity. Before that day ever came, he had already made up his mind who he was going to serve. Daniel had already made up his mind. Daniel already knew he was going to serve before the king ever made his proclamation. Before the king ever sent down that decree, he had already made up his mind. And the pressure of the lion's den wasn't going to change it. And because of that, he says in Daniel 6, 22, My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. He had his mind made up before the lion's den ever came into play. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They had their mind made up before the king ever sent down a decree about the fiery furnace. And they were not going to let the pressure of the fiery furnace change their mind. And the pressure that came from within was greater than the pressure that came from without. And this is what Nebuchadnezzar, the worldly king, says. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who had sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted him. And have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own God. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill. You ready? Because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Your God is their God, same God. And you can't let the fiery furnace and you can't let the lions then change it. We got to make a up our mind before the storm ever comes so that the pressure on the inside is greater than the pressure on the outside. The king 
applied pressure. But the pressure from within the three of them was greater. Pressure will reveal the level of our commitment. Martin Luther King Jr. said, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. A decisive heart is one who has their eyes stayed on Jesus and has prepared in advance for the battles that lie ahead. A decisive heart is one who has burned all bridges from the past. Anybody still with me? I'm done. I want to make sure you hear this. It's in your bulletin. You want to look at it. You want to hear it. A decisive heart is one who has burned all bridges from the past. Burned all methods of retreat so that they cannot turn back or back down. An unnamed quote that I read said, It's how you show up at the showdown that matters. Last week, there's a lot of people came to this altar. There's a lot of people dealing with some kind of pressure. Whether, whether it's a pressure of the weight of a vase of water, the pressure of the ocean, or the pressure of the fiery furnace, I don't know. But I know one thing. Over half the people in this building had enough pressure to come to this altar and talk to God about it. The altar's still open. If the pressure's still there, you keep talking to the same God. The same God that allowed it to come is the same God that can deliver. The same God that could deliver yesterday is the same God that can deliver today. And if God's not ready to deliver from the pressure and he allows the pressure, then God's still looking for something from us. God's still looking for us to pray a little more, seek a little more, do a little more. If God's allowing the pressure, the whole purpose is to allow us to talk to him. The way to avoid great pressures and not collapse under the pressure is to read the Word of God and be prepared ahead of the pressure. Amen? I ask you guys to stand if you would. If you still need to talk to God about pressure, the altar hadn't changed. Still in the same place. I know everybody gathered around you last week and prayed for the pressures that you're under. And I truly believe, I truly believe with all my heart that every pressure that you brought to this altar last week, everything that you brought down that you represented, every problem that you faced, I believe with all my heart God's going to touch every one of them. I believe that. God didn't have me tell you to bring it down here and surround you with people to pray for you. If God didn't have something special in store, I believe that. Sometimes we just got to keep on praying. Sometimes it's somebody else's pressure. Sometimes it's a family member. Sometimes it's somebody struggling. Sometimes it's somebody you know. Sometimes it's a storm that somebody else is facing. Sometimes we just need to come make intercession on behalf of others. There's great rewards to be able to lift up somebody else's burdens. That God said we could come boldly into the throne room of grace that we might obtain mercy. There's a lot of mercy available when we come to the throne room on behalf of somebody else. I want to ask you if I could have you. Close your eyes. Just bow your heads where you are for just a minute. Because I want to ask one simple question. Do you have the power of God in you? Do you have the power of God in you? Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because I can tell you this. If you've never been saved and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, then you don't have the pressure that you need on the inside to match wits with what the world's going to apply from the outside. But you can change all that.
right where you are. Right at this very moment, you can change all that. God, I just want to be saved. I just want to be saved. I just want to be filled with your spirit. I want the power that he's talking about. I want what is inside of me to be greater than what comes in from the outside. Father, I confess my sins. I'm a sinner. All the sin that comes short of the glory of God. We know that. And there must be a confession from your own mouth. You got to realize you're lost before you can be saved. Father, I'm lost. I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. And save my soul. In Jesus' name. If you're willing to with your heart. That's not a lip service prayer. You don't get to say a poem and go to heaven on that poem. You got to surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. You got to surrender your heart and trust Him as your Lord and Savior to be Lord of your life. And if you do, the Holy Spirit will at that exact moment move inside. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You're a new creature in Christ with all your sins erased. And you have the power of God in you by what Jesus Christ did for you. But it's up to you to trust Christ. For those of you with pressures, dealing with pressures, these guys are going to sing a song. Bring your pressure down here and pray and ask God to help you. Bring somebody else's burden. Maybe come gather around these.